We're on to another Talent Talk, episode 33, and today we speak to another alum that is serving on the front lines during the COVID-19 pandemic, former UNF softball player Stephanie Hall. Stephanie has been working as a traveling nurse, and she is doing so in Hawaii. She's also been volunteering at a COVID testing site as well. We will get into that part of her life and her journey around the country in this occupation, imparting some advice on those that might want to pursue this as their career going forward. So thank you for being on the podcast today, Stephanie. No problem. Thanks for letting me be here. Yeah, of course. You got recommended, um, so feel good about that. Recommended by Coach Higgs and, and Courtney Radke as well. So they, uh, they put your name out there, and thanks for, thanks for talking. I, I know there's probably a lot of unique things about what you're doing that people would, would want to hear about, obviously, with the circumstances with COVID, but just your lifestyle of being able to live in Hawaii. Um, just give some background on um, what you're doing now and just the timeline to where you are now from UNF. Oh, goodness. Since you, since graduating, it's a lot UNF. of things, that's a lot of things, obviously, <laughs> but you can start, you can start with, um, you know, what, what your day to day is right now and what kind of you shared earlier with me. Yeah. Day to day. Um, I just finished, I'm actually a nurse practitioner student. That's my main job right now. So I've been in my now third semester. I just finished. So I was doing clinicals for most of the spring. Um, but I just stopped that last week and now I'll start doing more, um, in hospital shifts as far as nursing, uh, in their ICU, um, basically wherever they need me, um, you know, wherever they're short staff. So even, uh, telemed or med surge units and stuff like that. But my background is primarily ICU. Um, was that, was that an intent of yours to, uh, cause I, I think your degree was in community health. Was that kind of a pursuit that you wanted to take this route? Yeah. I mean, I think growing up, I didn't know for sure if I wanted to do nursing. I, I think I didn't think I was smart enough, honestly. I've, I've always been that person that just has to like really work hard to like get an A versus the people that I can just like walk in and walk out with an A and not even study. Like bravo to those people, but that's not me. So like I, it was a confidence issue. Um, but I, you know, I grew up taking care of my grandfather who had like a, a Parkinson-like disease similar to that. So, you know, I knew kind of what went into taking care of people and what it took and um, you know, after playing softball for a few years, it kind of just like, there was nothing else that I wanted to do more than just like to go into nursing. But the good thing about community health was a lot of the same classes and courses that was in that one, uh, was also what I needed for nursing, the prereqs. So I, I maybe had to take one or two more classes and, you know, I was ready for nursing school. So you, you played softball here at UNF, um, studied community health, and then you went into nursing. Where, where did mm -hmm. you do that at? I went to, after, let's see, it was my, in 2011, so the year before I graduated at UNF, I started at Kaiser University, this is the private school right there, um, and, you know, did their accelerated program, so I finished my uh, UNF degree and my nursing degree within, like, a, a few months of each other. Okay, so bang, bang, like, right away. Yeah. That, I mean, that's good that you probably wanted to knock things out. Um, as soon as possible. Growing up in Florida and then and staying in Florida for college, um, was there an itch at that time to get get out of Florida? Um, not really. I mean, I had family there and I, I just wanted to get experience. So my mom had worked at a hospital for a long time as a financial officer. So I wanted to kind of stick to what I knew as far as those people that I knew. And so I went for the hospital that was in Orlando that I was familiar with, ended up working there for a few years and got my experience because um, travel nursing was in the back of my head, but it wasn't anything that I, I knew for sure I wanted to do, especially with the confidence thing. I wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing before I go somewhere and, you know, try to do it at some other hospital mm -hmm. that I wasn't familiar with. Sure. Um, so I, and one of the rules of travel nursing is you have to have experience. They won't even look at your resume if you have under two years. So that was that was my biggest thing is I'm fine with staying in Florida for a few years, but I did have the itch of just like, there's, you know, I, I need to see what else is out there as far as where I could live one day or, and that's what travel nurse gave to me. So. Sure. Um, rewinding back a little bit. So you're from, you know, central Florida and you can, Jacksonville is not too far away. 
how did you end up at Jacksonville or at, at, uh, in Jacksonville at UNF? And um, how, what was that process like? And then um, how did softball kind of fit into your, to your life plan at that time? Yeah. Um, honestly, UNF, I have no idea. I, I think we went to go look at it one day just to, as a prospect. And I fell in love with the campus. Like when I went there as my orientation or kind of just like a, a visit. Um, I don't know. It was just beautiful to me. And I, I could just see myself going there. And that's what I was excited about. I wasn't even planning on playing softball. I, I went out of high school thinking, you know, I played softball my entire life. I, I think I just need a break from it and like just now live. Cause I, you know, I've never had a spring break. I've never done any of those things. So I was excited for that portion of my life. And um, I don't know when I walked past the campus, I, I know, you know, do they still have like lot 18 or like yes. the, Oh, so that walk. <laughs> oh, I know that, that walk very well too. Yeah. <laughs> to like campus, I passed by the softball fields every day and I was like, dang, I just, I miss it. Like I couldn't see myself not playing softball or at least trying out. So I asked the coach, you know, could I just try out and just see if there's potential there and ended up making it. I walked on and yeah, I, I was a great decision. My parents were happy. I mean, they loved coming to all my games when I was younger. And so this was like something for them to look forward to too. So it all really just, it worked out. That's cool. You probably, uh, you had some things to offer on the field, I'm sure, because walking on as a division one athlete and playing with the team for multiple years is definitely a hard thing to do. Uh, what would you describe your game to be? What was your kind of your, your MO? Oh gosh. I mean, I think I just brought a personality to it. Like I try not to take things too seriously, but also like, I was, I'm very competitive and I think that you could see that when I play. Um, and you know, as most people, I'm pretty hard on myself. So I don't know. I was very intense with my passion for softball. Like it's, it's still to this day, like it's, it's, it's going into my nursing career. You know, it's, it's that what you learn from it that, you know, takes you into your career in life. I don't know. I just, this shaped me for sure. So, um, but I, I think I was just really funny. I don't know how, if I was really that good, but I, you know, I knew how to make people laugh. So that's probably why they kept me on. And that has a lot of value, especially in baseball and softball, because yeah. it's very unique because you're pretty much talk. I, I played baseball in college and I, I remember just more than anything, maybe sitting in the dugout and talking to my teammates for yeah. hours and hours and hours over the years. And it's a good memory, but it's important to have personalities in those sports. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. And now they've got, they've, we've, we've got some, some improvements to the softball field that definitely have made it look um, pretty sharp. We got new stands and whatnot. So if you ever are um, halfway across the world back in Florida, you should check it. You should check it out. <laughs> I know I'm going back in a month. I'm, I mean, hopefully I'm going back in a month to right. see family. So that was one of the plans was hopefully to make it up to Jacksonville. Okay. Just All right. So I have to check it out. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, you should um, be pretty quiet around the area, but uh, it's definitely, definitely a nice improvement. So you you had that period of your life, and then start going with with being a nurse, and then uh, you are where you are right now in Hawaii. Were there other steps in between that um, led you to Hawaii, location wise? Um, I was so before uh, coming to Hawaii, I was in Washington. I took an assignment there for four months. Um, that was my first assignment. So I was just kind of getting, you know, transitioned in the travel nursing and I loved it. And I always kind of had a fear of coming to Hawaii because I mean, I wasn't really sold on it. You know, I'm not a resort person and that's what you see on the infomercials and the websites just like, Oh, come to Hawaii, stay at this beautiful resort. And I was like, that is just not me. And so when I came to visit one day or for like a week, um, before actually moving here, I, I saw like the hiking and just the stuff that is not shown. And I've really learned to like love the lifestyle here. And I think that's what sold me on it. And so I was, I was like scared. I was like, dang it. I know I'm going to love it here if I do an assignment here and I'm not going to want to leave. And that's exactly what happened. So I was a pretty tra terrible travel nurse to be honest with you. Cause I, I stayed on my second assignment, but I, <laughs> I mean, I've never looked back. So. Okay. And, and talking about Washington, I know you said it was in Tacoma. So, I mean, seeing my rainier every day is a really, oh. if you can see it, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. It was like uh, my jaw dropped every day driving to work. Cause mm -hmm. I was in a uh, good Sam hospital in Puyallup, Washington. Mm -hmm. And that drive 
I mean, it was breathtaking and the hiking there too. And I've never known that like it was important to carry bear spray until I. Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like Hawaii, there's nothing here. So maybe you'll see a pig, but it's like bears. Like I just, so I had to give away my bear spray when I left there. I was a little sad about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's very true out there. You can quickly, very quickly leave civilization, kind of like Hawaii though. You can leave civilization and be in the mountains or be in the woods and you can drive out of Tacoma or you can drive out of Seattle and you're 30, 40 minutes out of the city and you're on a freeway that's running through some of the thickest forests that you'll see in, in the country. Um, yes. So it's very cool to have that contrast of Southeast Southeast and, and in Florida and then going up to Washington. Um, I can understand the, comp- uh, the apprehension with Hawaii. What was the biggest apprehension? Was it just, you know, the logistics of life there or was it, um, just being even further away? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely my family. Like, it's hard to be 3,000 miles away from them at all times. It's hard to be a time zone away from them, a few time zones, right? Six hours. Um, But we've made it work, and they've always been so supportive. Um, I think one of the things that people don't think of when they move to Hawaii is even if you have some people here with you, and I hope that if anybody moves to Hawaii, they have at least one person they know. It's expensive, that's why. Mm -hmm. But... um, it's, it's weirdly like it can be a little lonely at first because you just you don't know the lifestyle and it almost feels like a, a completely different country. So like when I first got here, I was just a little bit, I was excited to be here because I could do the hiking on my own and stuff, but it was a little, I was taken aback because I just didn't know the area. And you know, when you're not sure of places and stuff like that, you just kind of get, it makes you miss home for sure. So mm-hmm. there was a little bit of like apprehension at first when I first moved here, but I've met my friends here that are great. I know my boyfriend's still here and um, we've been here now for four years and it's, it's been the most amazing four years, you know, of hopefully I think my life. I mean, I have a lot more life to live, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's safe to say not, not many people even get a trip to Hawaii. So four years in Hawaii is, is something that sets you apart from a lot of people. um, And and especially if you like to travel, Um, what was, yeah, what was that adjustment like at first in terms of, was there any differences in um, what you could buy at the store, you know, basic kind of day-to-day things that you were adjusting oh, yeah. to? It's like, I don't know, what's a what's a gallon of milk in Florida? Like, Yeah, two, I don't dollar. know, two, two bucks? Yeah, yeah. Like two bucks. And here it's almost like $7. So it's mm-hmm. like, I don't drink milk anymore. Yeah, you kind of uh, just, I'm like, all right, I got to cut things out of my life now because yeah. it's expensive. I like, have to start prioritizing Amazon. I mean, yeah. there is no Amazon out here. Oh. Prime. There's yeah. Amazon. It's not like the Prime. Like, I mean, yeah. you can get things maybe in five days, but I just miss Orlando and like ordering at, that <laughs> at my doorstep that night. I'm like, this yes. is amazing. And then I came out here and I'm like, wow, I was so spoiled. Yeah. So but it doesn't stop me from ordering stuff on Amazon. Like, right. And then what, so you got, you got there in 2016 or 15? 2015. Right. And so that was kind of the, oh, wait, begin- no, 2016, you're right. and that was kind of the beginning of Amazon really being like, people are doing this all the time. Prime is taking off. People are buying their groceries there. Like before that, it was still kind of, you know, a niche, more of a niche thing. So I, I get that being a huge adjustment. I know I'd, I'd struggle with that to start in yeah. Hawaii. Um, but there's things I like about it. I mean, like all the grocery stores here, they, they make you use recyclable bags or you have to like have your own. And cause I mean, you have to like respect where you live and we live surrounded by an ocean. So like, I think that's one thing that, you know, the culture here has really taken to is like wanting to preserve this place. And it's amazing, you know? So nobody's around here, like asking for plastics and stuff like that. We really try to like watch and keep in mind like what we're using and just how we're disposing of things, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because what you're living on, you see it every day and it reminds you that this is what I have to work with, you know, yeah. this and nothing else. And so it's like, you've got to be efficient and, and respectful with it. Um, Definitely. What's the, what's the pace of life like in Hawaii? Um, people, there's definitely, you know, doctor's appointments that people come to and it's like sorry it's hawaii time like you know it's mm-hmm. just a thing like people are late sometimes mm-hmm. like for jobs no you can't be late but right. it's definitely like a maybe a slower lo- lifestyle for some but 
I think it also depends on the field that you work in. So like in nursing, it's definitely not, it's just an ICU. It's always fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, we're never like allowed to say the Q word, which is like quiet, you know, cause like that's when things turn on and you know, it can get crazy. So, um, but I like the lifestyle here. I would say it's a little bit on the slower side, which is just, it's great. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it makes me leave work after a fast paced shift and just like breathe. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, you can ride your bike, to your to your house which is like a mile away and just I don't know I, I mean I think that's one of the advantages of living here too is that it kind of makes you on your days off you really appreciate your days off you know mm-hmm. do you have a favorite view that you can just go and access every day oh yeah this one. Oh, perfect I'm glad I asked yeah <laughs> so you're seeing the water 24 7 if you're at home and oh yeah yeah and then there's some mountains over there I don't know if you can see them. yep I can see those too yeah yeah so there's a lot oh, of that's great awesome. out here and stuff too. So, I mean, you have to take advantage of it on your days off, which right. I'm some, lately with school and I just guilt tripped my way into always studying that I don't take advantage of it enough, but it's something that I know, especially during this pandemic, if there's one thing I've learned, it's, you know, don't take those things for granted because you mm-hmm. never know when you're going to have a stay at home order. Right. You know? <laughs> what, um, what is that like trying to study in, in a place like Hawaii or being cooped up? It's discipline. I mean, we always have friends that want to go out on the boat and stuff like that. But I think it's kind of, it's a good and bad thing. Like I've really disciplined myself where I know that I need to do well on this test. So I'll start studying well before and, or I know when I can't do something, but like you have to have those friends or those people beside you, um, you know, when you're in med school or in school in general, where like, you know, when you need a break. So you don't want to overdo it because it just ends up making crazy a little bit mm-hmm. so um i don't know it's it's good to get out for like even a 30 minute walk or something like that so that's mm-hmm. that would be my one suggestion for people in in med school or in nurse practitioner school or nursing school is like make sure you like have time for yourself and get those breaks because it's so important you don't realize how much you process after you you know you've had mm-hmm. a good little break you know yeah and especially- i didn't, definitely didn't know that in college yeah i i think that's a hard thing to really that takes a lot of self-examination sometimes and and you're studying 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 you're like why am I not retaining this you know and sometimes it's literally you gotta look look away from a screen for five minutes or shut your mind off for a little bit and especially take advantage of being outside does it feel different breathing like out there even like when you come to the states or maybe and there's just more around you per se does it feel like I'm breathing fresher air yeah I mean everybody when I tell people here that I like I'm from Florida, they're like, Oh, why did you move here? I mean, it's just like Florida. I'm like, it is not like, no, yeah. <laughs> it is so different. It's like, it's, it's hot here, but it's not like the humid hot that Florida has that really mm-hmm. muggy, like after a rain, it's just, you know what I'm, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. It's heavy. It's like a heavy mm-hmm. air. Yeah. And you know, I think Hawaii, I mean, it rains often pretty much because we live by the mountains, but it's not like Florida where it's like a downpour and then it just is beautiful, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I miss, I, one thing I do miss not being in Florida as I've, and I've told all my friends, this is like, I really miss a good thunderstorm because there's like no thunderstorms here. So when we do, I think we had one like six months ago and I stayed up and I just listened to it because I was like, this makes me miss home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thunderstorms. Funny, funny enough, they have uh, they have kind of a nostalgic feel to it because I grew up in the Midwest, and you know you can get those really hot, muggy, powerful thunderstorms in the in the summer in the Midwest. And then I have a, a sibling in Seattle, like I mentioned, and that was one thing she said recently: is, "Oh, you're having a thunderstorm right now." They're talking to my parents, and I miss that. You know, that's it's kind of got like, yeah, it's right. It's, that's kind of a universal thing. I think it's, it's, it reminds you of, of other places. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Florida and Hawaii. I mean, I've never been to Hawaii, but in what I've taken in and obviously with what you said, yeah, I mean, Florida is going to be that swamp kind of like oppressive heat, especially in mm-hmm. the summer. We're getting into that right now. And I would imagine more maritime throughout the year in, in Hawaii. Um, Going off of another difference, what's it like with all the time differences that you deal with being in Hawaii? Like if you were to watch something live and you wanted to watch oh, yeah. it, 
What's that? Uh, like? I just don't even have cable anymore. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I just have Hulu, you know, have Netflix for those, those things that I can record, but I gave up like, but the yeah. funny thing is <laughs> I was such a huge sports fan, um, you know, playing sports my whole life. I was a major sports fan, like football. And so, you know, you have to watch those games and they start at 6am, you know, at flight time. and, but it's so fun. I mean, it's, it's fun to like be up and like, and then by 12, you're done with your day or, yeah. you know, by 10am it's like, okay, now, now what can we do? Now what I do? Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm spending all day watching TV. It's just like I'm up, I'm drinking coffee, and I'm watching, you know, the Florida Gators. I remember growing up and watching Premier League games um, out in the UK and being 7 a.m., 6 a.m., or anytime you try to watch Wimbledon or the French Open or Australian Open, and you're like, oh, this is like, this kind of takes a little bit of effort, but I've never watched mm-hmm. a sport at this time of day, and I kind of like it more now that I'm watching it at this time. Um, but I'm sure the culture of Hawaii is like pushing you to be doing something or doing something outside a lot of the time. So, you know, it's not like you're always going to be like watching a screen. Yep. So I get the best of both worlds. I get my time in with sports, but then, you know, an hour and a half later, I'm, I can be going to the beach or something for the day. So good point. Good point. Good point. What, what's the most frequently asked question of you and about Hawaii? Hmm. Most frequently asked question. Probably mostly the weather or like, what do I do? And like, it's so sad because like I said, I'm in school. So like, I'm always studying. So sometimes I like, I have to fib because I just can't, I can't let them think that they don't have this beautiful vision of Hawaii. And then I'm saying, oh, I just, you know, I stay inside a lot and study. Yeah. (laughs) So, and so, you know, you have to fib a little bit. And I'm like, yeah. oh, it's great. I'm outside every day. Yeah. But, you know. You have to be. They're going to, like, guilt you in. You have to be like, yeah, I'm on the boat right now. Like, where do you think I was studying? I'm studying on a boat. I'm like, I can't really hear you. I'm sailing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I would imagine that that would happen. Um, is there a new food that you've come across that you buy more oh. of? Yeah. And that's why that's my favorite thing about Hawaii is their food. Okay. It's like you can go to the grocery store and get like the best ahi tuna. That's called like pokey. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, yes. And it is amazing. Like I could have it every day, I think. So. Um, and then obviously sushi is amazing here. Yeah. And it really about- makes me judge now when I go home to Florida and my friends are like, let's go to, you know, uh, let's go get a bento box. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> I'm only doing oh that. God, I, have I have a standard now, okay? Yeah, you're you're a Hawaii snob now with your <laughs> with your sushi. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I mean, I think that's accepted being on an island. Uh, what about the fruit? Is that really good? Yeah, I mean, I've never had papaya until I came here, um, and I mean, it's like a staple here. I feel like a lot of people eat that for breakfast. Like in the hospital when I first started working in their ICU and. Some of my patients who were, you know, ambulatory and um, talking and everything like that, they they would ask for papaya for breakfast. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and finally, my patient was like, you know what? I'm going to have this. I'm not going to eat half of it. I need you to eat it right now because you're missing out. And so he let me have his half and we just sat there and we were eating it together. And it was just so funny. I mean, it's it's so good. It's like a sweet melon. I, I, have you ever had papaya? I have. And I really like I really like dried papaya especially, but I've had papaya yeah. as well too. Yeah, it's very good. It, it is good. It is a little bit, um, you know, it's it's not something you're going to, I can't, I can't even think of a time that I've seen it in a grocery store. Maybe I don't look for it, but. A lot of times people don't. They like, we, like Hawaii grocery stores too, get a lot of locals, like a local food farmers and stuff like that. So a lot of times it's coming right off of people's trees. Um, so there's not like a mass production of them, I feel like. With papaya it's a lot of just local people in the neighborhood um and sometimes they'll give it to hospitals so we go that's probably the one thing that we get brought the most as a nurse is like all of our patients love to give us fruit like papayas so it's it's i never say no yeah you know? of course yeah i mean you're, you're in a good place for it you gotta take advantage of it um yeah. what about um just the the time, the time of eating, do you guys eat at kind of the same time or do you eat later in the day now that you're on island time? I don't know. I mean, once you get out of the country. Well, once, 
if I'm like the worst is coming back from um actually the worst is going to Florida like traveling from here to Florida because oh, the yeah. time it's like I never I don't know what to do with myself I mean the first thing I always do when I get home is I go to Chick-fil-a because I don't have that here okay and I was gonna get I was gonna get to that oh it is hard but um yeah so adjusting the time from here to there is really tough but coming from Florida back to here I don't know it's 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 really easy it's like I get up earlier which is fine with me like I'll get up at like five and um you know just read or you know ready to start the day versus when I'm home I like don't get up until like 11 11 a.m I'm like who am I yeah, <laughs> yeah better than this, but it's just it's such an adjustment is tough so it is a severe I mean it's just a big time change too in the in the first place getting all the way across from east coast to to hawaii east coast to west coast alone can be um going off of chick-fil-a are there certain certain chains that are non-existent in hawaii in addition to that oh yeah um let's see in and out california big one which i right i learned love um let's see panera bread you know that's was a good college mm-hmm. uh, place Staple. that you can go mm-hmm and what else oh chipotle really wow that's a big that is a big loss yeah it is there's been rumors for like two years that chipotle is coming here and i even marked on my um my maps where the future one is just supposed to be <laughs> X marks but it's the been spot. Two years. Yeah. yeah it's an old burger king and i still have it on my maps and i'm like this is the future but it, it's all talk you know you gotta you really so. do re- huh you think it's all there's talk around right huh there's so many chickens just running around. Yeah, here. right. <laughs> it's just that simple. I mean, I think it would probably have great success there as well. Um, so to make up for no Chipotle, what do they what do they have out there? Oh, I mean, they Thai food. Like they have Thai. the best food, mm-hmm. and um, you know, obviously seafood is is huge. Uh, pho. Um, uh, I mean. Ethiopian food even like it's just like they whoever opens a restaurant here knows it has to be like like culture driven and, and and real because like it won't last if if not I feel like mm-hmm. um so the restaurants here th- there is no bad restaurants mm-hmm. I mean you can go wrong with wherever you eat so is there that kind of closeness also in the Hawaii um on each individual island in terms of community I think so yeah I mean I've I've only been to um Maui a couple of times and Kauai a few times um and I've honestly I've kind of stayed away from like the city I've done a lot of the hiking and kind of the back roads but um you know I feel like every community especially now like with the whole pandemic you're really seeing a lot of the community members in each island really step up and volunteer and like doing the most good you know so I mean the culture here is very strong but they're very accepting you know like that was one of my biggest fears is I felt like it was a it was another country because you know they have their own type of language here and i don't know that and i don't want to be disrespectful caring for someone you know and i don't know the proper like how they say things you know so um but they they they're very accepting and you know just the nicest people so i i've really been fortunate to to be living here as long as i have uh have you picked up on any of of the native uh language there um maybe a little bit uh so some is it japanese kind of and there's pigeon um so like shishi is uh urinate and so like I never, <laughs> that, that's never, helpful as a nurse yeah you need to you need to use the restroom she's like <laughs> no i'd have to go shishi and i was like she's where where, where is she and, you know and then i figured it out so so english speaking people will just integrate words like that yeah okay and um there's a, there's, there's a favorite one it's uh to kind so um when you're trying to think of the word you can't really think of it but you're trying to just keep a sentence going you say you know um what's the to kind over there or you know you can't think of the actual word but you just say to kind so and most of the time people understand what you're saying it's very odd so like you're saying go get my to kind it's like go get my purse you know really? that's really vague yeah yeah so i mean they have to explain it usually after that but i mean it's just one of the staple words here that people use and okay it's, I mean, 
That's cool. I mean, that's the that's the fun part of having right there. I mean, and just being in new I places. I'm not just... cool enough yet to use it, so I'm waiting for the moment, <laughs> I, like the perfect time. That I can you got to be like it. accepted. You still like are reaching this level yeah, of yeah, like I, cultural I'm, I'm acceptance. Yeah. Um, are most people? Do you find a lot of other people in your shoes being from Florida or being from Virginia or such Texas that are in Hawaii? There's a lot of state, yeah, out of state um, residents here. So uh, I, I got my license and like my um, residency here about eight months after I was a nurse and I decided I wanted to stay. Um, but I think I, I've, most of my friends, you know, they're even from different countries. A lot of them from Australia and Norway um, and then we have some people that grew up here. So it's kind of nice to have that mix of everyone, you know, cause it kind of is, it's, it's a way that we can learn about the cultures with our friends that are within our group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all very accepting and, um, I don't know. And we get to celebrate all the holidays that they celebrate. So it's right. just like, there's always a few holidays in every month. Mm-hmm. It's got a very cosmopolitan feel. Um, I'd imagine, uh, one that's definitely different than even some bigger cities in the states in the mainland and the that mm-hmm. you would think would be cosmopolitan just you know by pure position geographically um since being in hawaii and being in the medical field do they kind of go about things differently professionally um any other different like mores or ways of being a nurse in hawaii that are so um, different? You know, i think i think with every that's one thing you'll learn with if anybody's travel nursing is um, you kind of find different ways that things work with different geographical locations, you know, like different places use different medications or um, even with like wound healing, they use different methods of how they heal wounds. Um, We use, uh, and Hawaii was the first time I've ever seen uh, med honey, which is uh, it's actual honey to heal wounds to help with like, tissue growth and you know I've never seen that in Florida I'm sure it's there but I just I've never heard of that company or anything so they just they're I would like to say that they do like a more natural way of of healing too here which is it's nice that they incorporate that um but like I said that could happen in all different states I just Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing I picked up when I was travel nursing is like just they have a different way of doing things even if it's the same hopefully the same result but there's definitely, there's, there's things that we can learn from other, other hospitals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, it seemed like a home, more of a homeopathic approach they might have. Um, probably not just in nursing, but maybe in dealing with just kind of chronic illnesses that people might have, or, mm-hmm. you know, homeopathic yeah. doctors and stuff. They like, even for my ICU patients that were able to like, uh, go in a wheelchair, you know, we would want them to go outside for 30 minutes and we would just hang out with them and like, mm-hmm. just to get that fresh air because that was just so healing for them, you know, and I've never heard of that anywhere else where they, they really encouraged, you know, nurses to go out with your patients, you know, we're, they're monitored and, you know, we have them and they're safe and stuff like that. But I just, I think that's so important and, and it was awesome. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of our break too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Just the little details like that, just getting some vitamin D just kind of, yeah. kind of like taking all the all the things that are around you as resources to, to get better. Um, mm-hmm. Is there, so being a traveling nurse, you're kind of like too higher all the time in some sense, like, right. Like you're, or like, you don't know where you're going to be working a lot of the time. Is there a difficulty in integrating into like a new hospital all the time or a new work setting? Honestly, I, I think of it like the opposite. I think it's exciting. Like I'm excited to learn, how other hospitals do things and their protocols. And I mean, I think that's how you grow as a nurse is trying to not stay stuck in the same ways you always do things. And um, so it was, when I first started out, I was nervous and you know, you have a day to orient on the unit and then you're on your own like that. So like usually with a new hire, you would be with uh, a mentor or another nurse for like four weeks, five weeks, um, sometimes up to nine weeks. to kind of integrate into the system. But that's like the expectation that travel nursing has is that you have to like already have that experience to, um, you know, understand different charting systems and stuff like that. So um, it was exciting to me after, 
my first assignment and and once I saw it and I knew I could do it and it's just you really have to learn how to work with others so if you're a person that tries to go in there saying that you know everything like that's it, travel nursing is probably not going to do that well for you you have to kind of go in there thinking you know what can I learn from you and um, how do you do how do you guys do this and, and stuff like that so it's really important to kind of know your place with it too and, and not try to go overhead and you know show what what you've learned in your experience but you really want to like what can you bring to the table you know mm -hmm. do you work with a lot of travel nurses on your different assignments or are a lot of them you know stationary yeah yeah and um i mean there's a lot of staff workers but i think still some of my best friends that i've i still talk to today are travel nurses like you just kind of get a bond because we have orientation together and then um, we're, we're on the unit the next day so we kind of have to find that friend in each state uh, to, you know, to get through it. Cause I mean, some assignments are tough and um, maybe it's not that comfortable with the staff or something like that. But like our, our role as travel nurses are, you know, you can do anything for three or four months. You can get through it. Uh, it's not permanent. So just like do the best you can and do what's right for the patient. And you know, I can, after that, you can go somewhere else if, if you're not happy. So I've been really lucky though. I've been really lucky to find places that I've never had any issues with, with where I've had my assignments. So going off of that, who would you recommend look at being a travel nurse versus being a staff nurse? Like what type of person? You just have to be personable. I mean, you have to be, I wouldn't want to say a pupil person, but you have to have that mindset that I'm always looking to learn more, not I've learned the most I can now I'm doing this, you know, you have to be willing to um, do things a different way. And just because you didn't learn it like that doesn't mean that it's, it's the wrong way, you know, mm -hmm. so you kind of learn, you always want to learn by the book in nursing school, but in the, in the clinical field, you're, I'm sure many nurses have said this, that it's just, there is no like line. There's, there's, there's a gray area, you know, and so you have to be willing to like do things a different way with what works for that hospital or what equipment they have. So um, you just have to be open and coachable. And I think that's one thing that softball really helps you with too, is like you have mm -hmm. to learn how to do things differently or, you know, learn from others or, you know, if somebody else, you have to learn how to be flexible. So um, I don't know. I think softball has taught me a lot in, in those values and, and how I go into my career. Do travel nurses stay travel nurses a lot of, like throughout their whole career or a lot of times they end up being staff nurses or is there kind of any pattern? There is, I, I mean, I'm involved on this page that has uh, a lot of travel nurses on it just to kind of see, you know, we can kind of go there to see like, you know, uh, different agencies and, you know, what do you guys think about this agency? Because, you know, your recruiter is someone that you work really close with when you're on assignments because they pretty much, tell you what options are for um, where you can live and you know what your pay would be and what your taxes you know you just have to you have to trust your recruiter um so we kind of have this page where we go to to talk about all that stuff and to vent and you know if there's things that like happen like i just don't know what to do and it's kind of like that, that relief page too to talk about it so going off of that um it seems like they have a pretty big community but i was just oh, saying yeah. um do a lot of travel nurses stay travel nurses throughout their whole career and they never just transition into a staff nurse or they, you know? Oh yeah. That's what's cool is like, I think it kind of is an equal, like there's a lot mm -hmm. of people that they do travel nursing to figure out where they want to live. So that they're thinking, Oh, I can see myself in Austin, Texas. They'll mm -hmm. take an assignment there and they'll be like, yes, this is the place. And sometimes they'll stay like after the first assignment. That's what's beautiful about it. And, and say in a couple of years, you don't, you know, Austin isn't for me. You know, I want to go to South Dakota. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I picked South Dakota, but it just popped There's in my head. It's a good contrast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like, you can always give it the try even years later. So like, as long mm -hmm. as you're still getting the experience in between, uh, you know, it can go on a resume, then you're good to kind of go wherever. I mean, I would encourage any, anyone who's a nurse to like, at least try it out after a couple of years of experience. Mm-hmm. That's really good information. Out if you have that personality, because sometimes mm -hmm. you just don't know, you know, if you're, if you stayed in the same place for so long and you've worked with the same people, um, if, if it's a good fit, but like, that's one way you can find out. So 
That's really good information for a lot of people. And I think, you know, I definitely speaking from my field, um, there are different things like that, that you don't know exists until you have somebody speak it and tell you that this is an option. This is a career path. This is a way of doing it. Um, and nursing being such an important field, a lot of people are, a lot of student athletes at UNF for sure are, are definitely studying nursing. Um, yeah. Those recruiters are big then. Yeah. Oh yeah. You have to, you have to trust your recruiter and, you know, you have to really look through the contract um, and don't ever accept the first offer. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because you know, it, it's, it's a weird game, you know, it's not just a, a contract. It's, it's the recruiter's commission too. So and you, you want to have true. that. You also like, it's, it's your work that you're going to be putting in there. So you want to make sure that you're getting paid a, a standard that, you know, other nurses are getting paid and um, you don't want to set the bar low for, for travel nurses in the future to get a low, a low pay because you're accepting the first, the first offer that you get. So it's, mm -hmm. it makes you, it makes you think in that way too, to kind of learn how to approach different contracts. And um, I, I was lucky enough to have great recruiters too. So I, I don't know, I never had any issues, but I'm sure there's horror stories out there. Always is <laughs> no matter what you're, what you're looking at in life, but there's always going to be those, but um, so speaking about your assignments in, in Hawaii, um, how does that work? So there, is there a limit? There's obviously a limited number of options in the state of Hawaii where you could work. Um, how many different places have you worked in Hawaii? Oh man. Um, let's see. I've done an outpatient search. I was at an outpatient surgery, uh, center for two years. Um, I was like the, in charge of doing their inventory, which you don't realize how much a, a private practice goes in, like what goes into it until you've, you've done that. Like, it's just crazy. The amount from band-aids to, um, you know, different kinds of sutures. And it's just, so I've learned a lot from that. Um, uh, so I was PACU pre-op and in the OR, um, scrubbing in and stuff with them. And then... Let's see, obviously in the hospital setting for ICU. And I think a lot of uh, other ones have been in clinical settings. Like I've done for my, for my clinic for um, school, I've been in like a pediatric outpatient clinic and like a military-based clinic is where my main one was. So it's interesting to see like the different, there's a big, there's a large military community here, obviously with Pearl Harbor being here and uh, Fort Schaffner and stuff like that. So. Um, I've got to kind of see that side of it too. Um, but uh, that's where the majority of, I guess, the places, but there's like flu clinics that I can go to anytime. And obviously I've been volunteering a lot with a, a crisis group here. So uh, I've gotten to network a lot through those, uh, the people that I've met through there. So a lot of different, a lot of different options and a lot of different experiences. Yeah. yeah. So what's the goal with, with your studies right now? What is that? being used um, to add to your career? So uh, I'm, I'm officially done with my family nurse practitioner part of my uh, degree, but I'm going for a dual role. So I'm doing family and uh, acute care. So it's the ICU side of it. So I'll start that in the fall. Um, and then I'll graduate, hopefully. I, I know this pandemic has kind of played a role in that, but um, hopefully I'll graduate May 2021 as a family and an acute care nurse practitioner. Okay, so one more, one more year. Hopefully, that that's the plan. Yeah. Talking about the pandemic, um, and and in your field, how has it shifted things around for you? What have you seen? So, I don't know. I just I think with this, I've seen like the good and the bad. You know, you see a lot of good um, with people helping out and donating to hospitals and um, you know volunteering, but you see the bad too. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just, I feel like the good and the bad comes from this, but um, hopefully the good is what shines through. Um, my day to day has been trying to just figure out since I've had a week off of school and I'm trying to just kind of unwind, um, trying to make sure that I have the right information. You know, it's so easy to go on social media and just be like, Oh, there's this article that said like, this is all a hoax, you know? And, mm -hmm. You don't want to play sides with it. And I, I'm usually not one to like repost something that's on, on a Facebook article. So I, I like to do my own research. And I think when all this started out, um, I think that was my main thing is I, I wanted to, every night I was sitting there and 
reading at least something about COVID-19 of how you treat it or, you know, what other doctors are doing in Italy or uh, China and stuff like that, just trying to figure out because, you know, you have to find answers on your own sometimes. And I think that's what's great about, you know, the United States is that you, you have the freedom to do that and you have the freedom to post whatever you want, but you just want to make sure it's, it's accurate. And so mm -hmm. like, that, I think that's been the hardest thing is to like really just keep scrolling and not say anything. And, um, you know, cause it's their, it's their right to post whatever they want, but you also have to kind of keep it within yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's, what's been tough for me sometimes is that it's like, I just want to comment and just say, what are you guys thinking? But uh, honestly, that's not my place, you know? So, um, I think that's been the, one of the biggest challenges with this whole thing is just, just the information that's out there. And, and sometimes I go back and forth with it too. And there's been times where I think when it first started, I was, I was scared and I was just like, I don't know what to think. And people would say, what do you, what do you think about this? Or, you know, do you think that it's, it's going to get bad? And I'm like, I have no idea because I've never gone through anything like this before, but all I know is how we can try to help prevent it. I mean, with washing your hands and, you know, and I think that was the biggest thing that I've seen since it started. It was the phasing. Yeah. It's a different angle than I think that the public probably thinks about with COVID-19 because you are in that professional field that's at the center of it right now so like if you know let's say you work in you know finances and or finance and something happens in that industry you're going to want to do your research and you're you're going to want to you feel like more responsible to be aware of it as a nurse it's like you know not only do you have your your friends that are nurses that are talking you've probably are getting contacted by people that you just know in your everyday life that Think yeah. you need to know this or they're going to go to you for information and it's not even just patients that you're dealing with it's people in your life that are relying on you to have information um so it's probably right. a little bit of extra pressure in that sense too uh just to try to figure out answers and make the most of um learning about it for the future how has it affected hawaii considering it's a unique community um and a collection of islands I think Hawaii has that advantage, right? But I also feel like, and this is just my opinion, and I, I probably shouldn't even say this, but like, you know, Hawaii has a lot of, uh, there's a lot of culture here from many, there's a diverse population here. And so to think that it's, it hasn't been here for a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. prior to like when they started the stay at home orders and when the government really stepped in, um, to think that it hasn't already been here for a while, I don't know. I just feel like that's a little bit naive to think that it, it hasn't already kind of, hit us and um you know we're not we don't as of right now i think we're at 632 cases total that's all the islands um and obviously oahu is the biggest uh, uh most reported cases um i think we're at 511 i could be wrong just on oahu oh. uh, but we've done our best to like you know with a stay-at-home order and everybody's been really good about just you know washing their hands and wearing masks but that's the thing is a lot of the cultures that have come over here and traveled here, that's been their culture anyway, you know, like people from China and Japan who've always kind of done that practice. So I think we have that advantage in a way. And, and, you know, people are complying with the stay at home order and washing their hands and wearing masks and, um, you know, respecting the six feet distance. And uh, I think we're really lucky to like live on an island where we kind of have this barrier and there is no incoming or outcoming traffic really. Um, I know they're, you know, for essential workers, they are allowing that, but I think, I don't know really when they're going to start opening it up for tourists again, which is, it's good and bad. I mean, we are really hurting from not having tourism here. So that, that's mm -hmm. where we, that's where we get the majority of our, our economy from. Um, so I know, you know, a lot of local businesses are going to be hurt from this and I know my heart goes out to them because I couldn't imagine, and especially they're a lot of my favorite places, but um, as far as when tourism is going to be allowed back I just don't know and it just I don't know I think it's hard for a lot of the people here and, and that's like America right our, our thing is is we want to work for um, you know live that dream and if we can't work you know what are we going to do and so mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are struggling with it and so I think it's hard. Uh, what have you personally learned uh, during this time not just about work but about yourself? Oh gosh I mean I think just working like with a volunteer group and everything, you know, I think sometimes people get really frustrated. And I mean, I've always known this as a nurse is you just have to like be kind because 
you just, especially now, you just don't know what people are going through and they're just trying to support their families or themselves. And, and it's hard. And I think people's emotions come out with this. Um, and that's my biggest takeaway. It's just like, you just have to like keep your head in control, like, and, and not react, you know, um, when people say things, um, I think one of the hardest thing was hearing, um, when I was volunteering and we were in our PPE, um, you know, we had some local Hawaiians that came by and, and, you know, said that you're the reason why it's spreading is because, you know, we're, we're testing, we were doing the testing for it. So we're spreading the virus and, you know, that's hard to hear, but I mean, obviously I, I, we're doing the best practices that we can as far as not spreading the virus. Um, but it's their right to like, feel like that. And it, it you know, you just can't react to it. And then mm -hmm. as, as hard as that is, because you just want to educate, you just have to like, have an understanding for people and just realize that like, this is probably really hard for them. And, um, especially Hawaiians that they're, they're known for like having their beach barbecues on Sundays and being out with family, like family is so big here. And so for them to like say, Hey, you know, you can't even go visit your family because you could spread it to your, your older loved ones. That's so hard. So, I mean, it's just having that, um, recognition of just knowing that this is bigger than, than yourself. Like you have to, just give people their space and literally and figuratively, I guess, huh? Uh, <laughs> but uh, just be nice to people, like no matter what. So I, I just, I feel like that's so important because if they see you react um, in, in the kind way, then hopefully they'll spread it. And that's one thing here that they live by is like spread the aloha. So I think that's one thing I try to take away from all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the stress of it alone can kind of just push you to not be yourself. And so, yeah, staying level-headed and especially for you volunteering, um, in addition to your, to your normal uh, obligations is, um, to be appreciated. I know a lot of people will appreciate that. And I think you probably feel like, uh, look back on it and be glad you did it. Um, and yeah. we're, we're a part of it. Um, is there anything else that you want to add real quick, Stephanie? No, uh, this is so exciting. It was my first podcast and you know, I, I didn't faint or do anything. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get sometimes a lot of, funny enough, I've had a lot of people say that to me. This is the first time they've done a podcast. So I'm glad that I gave them introduction to it and hopefully uh, you'll, you'll have a few more to do because you did a good job. Awesome. Yeah. Have me back anytime. I have some spare time usually and I can, <laughs> I'm used to getting up at like 3am for orientations for school back home. So that's true. I'm so ready <laughs> whenever, whenever you're ready to go. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Uh, thanks for taking time and uh, getting this figured out and um, stay safe and, and thanks for what you're doing. Before we take off, continue to follow everything that is going on in UNF athletics as we continue to post content on our social media accounts. UNF Ospreys on Twitter, along with all the sports-specific accounts, North Florida Ospreys on Facebook, UNF Ospreys on Instagram, and of course, UNFOspreys.com. We're looking back on each of our seasons, spring seasons included, honoring seniors and going through other various content, including our greatest moments in history. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys here next week.